You've survived the worst. Trauma, loss, rejection. The reality is, your pain can be a crutch, or it can be the thing that launches you. You're listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you experience true freedom and breakthrough. Tune in each week as guests share their incredible life lessons from their personal stories and hear from experts who can give you the tools you need to stop surviving and start thriving. Here to help you find purpose through your pain is your host, Joseph James. Hey everyone, and welcome to another great show of Purpose Through Pain podcast. I have an amazing guest on today, Miss Jacqueline Shawless. She won, I'm just gonna tell you, she is a ball of energy. So get ready for an amazing show. But this lady right here, she embraces awesomeness and she is just one of these people that just, she knows the challenge of having life that's perfect on paper, however feeling disconnected and unfulfilled and searching for that beckoning and greatness using, she uses practical strategies that she's learned on her own, entertaining stories and a dash of woo, which you're gonna get to hear today. She shares wisdom gained through her own journey of rediscovering and reclamation to get people thinking, talking and taking action with empathy, energy and encouragement. And one thing that she said right before we get on the show is, she wants to help transform people from where they're at right now. And I know just by talking to this lady for the last couple minutes, she is one that can do it. Miss Jacqueline, thank you so much and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I, I... I'm trying to play it cool. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't I'm you dare so play it cool. I'm excited about this conversation. Yes, so am I. Miss <laughs> Jacqueline, so, you know, our audience has gone through some pain and trauma and trials and tribulations. We all experience pain in our life. From birth, okay, some people experience abandonment because of mom has said or dad has said, I don't want you, I wish you were never born, or abortion, or neglect as a young child, you know, you name it, it can happen all throughout our life, okay, but another aspect of pain is just how we feel about ourselves, you know, and by talking to you, I would have never guessed that you're an introvert, I'm an extrovert by nature, 100% of the way, put me in a crowd of people, and I will run the show, okay, but I know a lot of introverted people. My late wife was one and she was not comfortable about being around groups of people. And that had a lot to do with her inner self. But you've learned to embrace that introvert, but yet be so extroverted within it. <laughs> let's, let's dive into that. How, how, how did this come about? Was this, was this you your whole entire life? Were you just a shy kid and just... What, what, take me back to, to young Miss Jacqueline. I mean, the answer, short answer is yes. <laughs> I was both out there and that quiet, reflective kid. And so I mean, for me, the journey started very early on. I knew practically from the beginning, I knew I was going to be a writer. I knew I would be a speaker. I knew I would be traveling the world. Wow. There was nothing about my environment that pointed towards that. You know, I'm, I'm the eldest of three. We're in a working class family in Texas. Uh, we're on like the, the, the bad side of town, like just trying to make ends meet, 
lots of chaos and dysfunction within the home, lots of highs, lots of lows. And so there was nothing within that environment that pointed to me speaking on stages wow. or exploring the world. But I knew that this was going to be what I'm doing. Um, and so for this to be my kind of internal place, like that's where I'm starting. I'm the kid who doesn't, I don't want to be a fireman. I don't want to be like a doctor or a lawyer. I want to be a New York Times bestselling author. That's my five-year-old aspiration. Wow. So I'm already <laughs> like starting off a little different than most kids. But the, the challenge that I had is even though I had these really, not just big dreams, because I knew this would happen, I had a huge vision for myself and also I needed to have time to just reflect and ponder. Like, I don't want to hang out with people. I don't want to spend time. So how do I reconcile these two things? How do I reconcile needing my space and needing my time to really think about things and also be in a position where I am in front of people, where I am engaging them, where I am like forward facing, and it was a challenge, yeah. <laughs> frankly, because for us introverts, there's really not anything and really not a lot of voices saying you can be introverted and also influential. Mm. There are lots of voices saying if you're introverted, you have to stop being an introvert in order to be successful. Right. You have to just talk up more. You have to get out of your shell. You have to get over being an introvert. But that's not how we were crafted. We were yeah. crafted intentionally with these qualities of introversion and that's not a bad thing in fact that is a very good thing the problem is when we are trying to fit who we are and whose we are into someone else's expectations wow. so if others are expecting me to put aside who i am in order to meet these dreams then that means i'm always living a lie I'm going to find a way to sabotage things, intentional or unintentional. I'm going to have resentment because I can't even function as me. I can't even have the space to be me and let this dream that I know I was put here for to come true. I yeah. have to choose, but you don't have to choose. And so this, this revelation, this real like epiphany of sorts came when I was in high school I was already writing. My parents were supportive in, in my writing and wanting to do that. And I had an opportunity to go to a different school. I was recruited for speaking uh, wow. for their debate team. And so here I am given this, this clean slate of sorts where I can be and do more or less anything that I want within this space. And it was that moment. It's like, well, okay, well, what if I'm just this person that's in my head, you know? What if I was just that person? Let's see how this goes. Like, let me just, let me just see how this goes. And for me, if I'm going to be a speaker, I need to speak. <laughs> so that means I'm saying yes to more opportunities to be in front of people. If I'm going to write, I need to write. So that means I'm saying yes to opportunities to do all sorts of writing. And so I started doing that and that decision opened up other pathways so even though my nature is introverted, I need to process internally. And we can talk about what an introversion, an introvert is or isn't, because that's a whole, that's a, a chunk I definitely want to get into. Yeah. But just this notion that you have to choose between who you are right. and who you envision yourself to be, that's a false dichotomy. You don't have to choose between these two. Right. One is nurturing the other if you allow it to nurture the other. And so that decision for me to say yes to this vision of me and to say yes to those opportunities 
that's what put me on this path for the person you see now. That's how I'm the excitable introvert. I'm embracing these aspects of me that needs that reflection, that needs that introspection, that needs that observation. Because when I do that, I'm able to take those components and apply it so that other people are healed and other people are, are shining and they're being able to bring all of their gifts to the forefront. Absolutely. So at what age did you like, did it just you know, resonate in you to embrace that? Was it still at this young age that you had started to write that you're like, okay, I'm going to embrace this introverted extrovert, so to say, you know, with, within you and, and embrace the fact that you don't have to conform to what society paints as an introvert should be. What, 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 what were you still young when that happened or is this more? Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. Okay. I was, I was, my, my first book, my first published book was when I was 11. Oh my I did goodness. a book tour and I published a book as part of a program that I was in. Um, so I, I started there with that. I was on my first international stage when I was 14, 15, wow. um, winning awards for speaking and performing. So I was like, this sort of thing, it's, it's not like, oh, that was so long ago. Right. But I got to do amazing things early on in my life. Most people never write a book, let yeah. alone have like nearly two dozen of them. Yeah. Like most people are not on stages of, you know, hundreds of people and winning awards. And I, I got to do that. I was barely in puberty when I was doing this. So I got to do so many amazing things very early on. Wow. That's amazing. So how did that, did that change your outlook on the way you viewed other people or, or life itself, because now you are embracing the gift that God gave you ultimately. It did. It did. What it was curious. Let me, let yeah. me start by saying that it was curious <laughs> because what a lot of people see now is being like, I'm doing all of these things. And even then I was, was like, you're doing all of this stuff. This was, it's like, well, of course I am. Like this is the person that I've always yeah. been. It's just now you all are catching up. Right. <laughs> you're, ah, you're kind of catching at that. up to reality. I love it. So very early, I I saw myself being on stages of tens of thousands. I hadn't reached that yet. It's coming. I saw myself as being a New York Times bestseller, multiple bestseller, not New York Times yet. Um, I saw myself traveling the world and needing to know the different countries and cultures. So I would study this like single digits. I'm studying this. And even that came into service in me being able to speak and do business in those ways. So in a lot of ways, reality caught up to the vision that was planted in me. Yeah. It took time for, for like this manifestation to catch up with what was in here. That was already here. Right. Um, the other piece of that and what was really beneficial for me going to this whole different school, the school that I went to was around a lot of the same people. I'd known them for practically all of my life through elementary and middle school. So in high school was where this transition took place. It, it kind of prefaced with me knowing that I needed to, to speak more, like besides my church, because I would give talks at church and what have you, I would need to speak more. So I joined the debate team. When I joined the debate team, the, the 
coach of the school I eventually went to, she saw me in a competition and started recruiting me. Wow. So every time I saw this woman, it's like, oh, you've got to come. You got to come to our school. Now she's like this little tiny <laughs> South Carolinian with big curly hair and these gorgeous, like big blue eyes with this thick syrupy accent coming to this black girl <laughs> That's funny. in the middle of Texas and a completely different side of town telling her you've got to come with me and you've got to come to my school because I can see how great you are and I couldn't see it for me her really her speaking that opened the way for me yeah. to say yes to her and to that opportunity and when I said yes to that opportunity I saw it as a an opening for me to be true to me. Yeah. So because I had this new thing and because I'm going to this whole new space, like, okay, God, what if I'm just like, who you, if you're saying that this is what I'm going to do, I guess I need to do my part. Yeah. I guess I need to show up the way that you created me. Yeah. Let me try this out. Yeah. <laughs> and that was literally my approach. It still is to this day. There are things that I envisioned whether it's for myself, for my son, for my husband, for those that I work with, I can envision so many things for them. But it's intimidating when you are seeing this huge vision and you have, there is nothing pointing to this being reality. There right. is nothing that's pointing to this. And you have to sometimes latch onto someone else's faith in you and yeah. latch onto their potential until yours catches up. And even when you're doing the thing that you're supposed to, the rest of reality still may not have caught up. I mean, I was in this position where I could say yes to, to doing all manner of things. I, I could write poetry and have that published nationally and get awards. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have written a poem, a poem? What? <laughs> I, don't, I don't write poems. It's like, it was such, if I had stayed in this space where I was just doing what was expected of me, I never would have said yes, or even been open to all of these opportunities, but because I was willing to say, you know what, let's just see how it goes. All of these different things began to happen one after another, after another for me to build upon. So there are, there are and I should also say that there are, it's also easy for people to get caught up in all of the accomplishments. And I think that's just life. People can see all of the wins and not understand that for every win, there's a number of setbacks that come along with it. Yeah. There are a number of slips and drops and you just praying for the smallest sliver of air so that you can continue. Yeah. So many people that you may look up to or you may see them doing amazing things, you have no idea what's happening in the background. Right. I mean, for me as a kid, I was doing all of these amazing things. And also I had parents who were getting into fistfights like before we're going to school. I mean, I'm, I'm having to protect myself and my siblings from the chaos that's happening around. I leave, I go to school, I ace my test, I'm going to these competitions and then I come back to chaos no one had any idea. They yeah. had no clue of any of this. They didn't see bruises. They didn't see the holes in the wall. They didn't pick up on how certain noises just frazzled me. They had no clue yeah. because they saw all of the, all of the benefits, all of the, the shiny things. And so for me, part of that embracing your awesome and tapping into that introversion, those experiences, those traumas 
allow me to have a greater sensitivity in addition to my introversion. So I can speak to that pain. Yeah. Now in the work that I do, I can, I can speak to that. I can strengthen that. I can gird someone who is at the end of their rope and no one knows it because they're smiling and they're accomplished. Yeah, that's good. You know, and, and it, you know, the fact that being able to speak into people's pain and, and, and empathy, one thing that happened to me when my wife passed away is I had actually watched a video of a pastor preaching, and it was the last two or three minutes of his sermon. He was kind of in his closing remarks, and he was talking about pain. And he shared, I had watched this video about two or three months into my wife going through chemo, and I'm like, babe, this is why you're going through this, so you can touch other people. Well, I don't even know if she ever watched it. <laughs> um, and I'm watching it the night that she is just hours away from, um, you know, um, a passing away. And I watched this and I'm like, oh my God, this was never for her. It was for me. And he talked about where it talks about in the book of Hebrews in four, uh, chapter four, uh, verse 15, it says, for we have not a high priest who can't be touched with the feel of an, uh, feeling of our infirmities. And basically he went on to say that you know, ministry or being able to influence people is really about, you know, the empathy of feeling what they feel, you know, and ultimately he said this right here and it stuck out to me and I'm just like, wow, I never saw that. He says, we can't touch what we cannot feel, you know, and when we go through things like, you know, being in a chaotic environment, you know, for me, it was my dad was abusive to my mom, to my uh, my uh, siblings, myself. You know, I, it was schoolwork. I didn't challenge myself in school because when I challenged myself, if I made an A minus, it was never good enough. And so the results of an A minus was the same as a D. So I'm like, why why do it? You know, and because mm -hmm. I didn't have anybody, you know, in my life at that time saying, Joseph, do it this way or do it this way. And using that as the energy to, to be the catalyst or the pain to launch me into my destiny. At that time in my life, I was using pain like glue and it was getting me stuck. It was my crutch, you know, now I'm just like you is taking all those things that were that, that noise in the background was that chaotic, that chaotic and that toxic environment is now using that to launch me into my destiny, you know, and that's the power about, uh, you know, your story about the empowerment and embracing the awesomeness is because everybody on the face of this earth has awesomeness in them. It's, it's, it's in us. God created the things, whether you believe in God or not, everything that we're destined to be in life is already within us. It's just a matter of it growing and learning how to handle the situation, how to be in it, and how to flourish in the in the moment, and you learn how to do it in the midst of a chaotic family and 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 the noise and things like that. And it reminds me a little bit of Tyler Perry. We all know Tyler is Medea. Mm -hmm. You know, he grew up in that abusive environment, also of his mom and dad always fighting. And he said that he um, they had a crawl space underneath the house, and he would go and kind of built him a little fort underneath the house and that's kind of how he got away from everything you know but yet in the midst of being through all of it and he learned to just embrace that awesomeness in the midst of pain and suffering and and, and trauma and grief and everything else that goes on in life yeah 
you know? and it's and I'm so glad that you you mentioned that because there's it's important for us to recognize no matter there's a couple of things first for us to regardless of what our trauma is or how it is not not get into that that game that losing game of trying to out trauma one another right. um, or to diminish your trauma which is my my version of the game it's like oh well I haven't I mean, things were bad, but they weren't like bad, bad. So right. I don't need to share my story because <laughs> someone had it so much worse than me. So there's no value in me sharing my experience or the other side. Oh, you think you had it bad? Well, I had it worse. So yeah. let me tell you why. It's so easy for, for us as humans to do that. And so it's, I can share for, for me, even though those things happen and they had effects and I know this, and I know that there is power in me sharing my story, it has only been more recent, like maybe within the past several months, like within this year, that I have felt comfortable in like broad spaces, like yeah. wide open spaces to share that, because it didn't feel like it was traumatic enough. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, how absurd, like it makes no sense that I would, like it, rationally, it makes no sense. But it's very easy to be in that space because there is the expectation that if you're talking about, first of all, you pretend trauma isn't there. Yeah. And then if you're not going to pretend that it's, that it's not there, you're going to say that it's there, then it needs to be like really bad for you to have to even share it, which is both of those are false. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so the share for someone just based on that, you don't have to be in any one of those. Your yeah. experiences are your experiences. But the, the second, like the part B to that is that even though these traumas happen and even those these these experiences took years to work through, even they were redeemed, yeah. even they were of value, even they are are really paving the way for others to be transformed Absolutely. generationally. So there was no way that I could have known that me trying to distract my my younger siblings and like turn up music so that we are not hearing things. I had no way of knowing that that kind of skill of survival would allow me to be able to speak from a level of compassion yeah. and to be able to speak from a place of strength in the midst of chaos the way that I do. And how would I know that? Like, how would I be able to have the forethought? But God knew. Yeah. God knew what yeah. was happening. And Absolutely. it's not the path that we would choose. And it's not that God chooses to put us in trauma. He's able to see a much larger picture yeah. and he's able to see all of the places where the things that were supposed to destroy us don't, yeah. but they then becomes, they then become the glue. <laughs> it's the concrete between the bricks as yeah. we're building and it strengthens not just us for ourselves, but for us to be of service. That's what embracing your awesome is all about. Awesome is an acronym. It stands for amazing works of expression, serving others with maximum enjoyment. And so this is three components. I'll go through these real quick. The amazing works of expression, the awe of awesome. These are all of the ways that we have been crafted. So you're a, you're a parent, you're a spouse, you're a Christian, you're a coffee lover, if you're like me, um, you are an introvert, you are all of these different things. Each of these is a facet for our light to shine. Each of these are different ways for those gifts that we were created to be shared. We're yeah. not siloed. People are not siloed. We are multidimensional, multifaceted. It's a lot easier if we were just one thing. So then it's like, okay, you're that. And then that's it. 
but we have to recognize that there is so much beauty in the sacred multi-dimensional nature of us that's intentional and so even those traumas even even being a domestic abuse survivor even with being a child who was sexually assaulted that's also part of my amazing works of expression that's another way for my light to shine through so there's that part one that awe of awesome the amazing works of expression that second part is like what we were talking about here and what triggered my memory about it um, is the serving others. Our life is not just for us. Our life is to be a lesson for us and for those that we influence. And for introverts, this is especially important because we don't, we may not have conversations with everyone, but we are impacting and influencing by our mere presence how we are able to navigate through any number of situations, the things that we say or do or don't say or don't do, they are impactful and they do change and shape lives. And so when we think about our life being a lesson, it's for us to be of service in all of the ways that we function because there are people watching how you're doing things. You can either be a story of aspiration or you can be a cautionary tale. Which one you are, we can't make that decision for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we would hope that you would aim for aspiration. Yeah. But sometimes you learn more from watching someone doing it wrong and saying, you know what? I'm not going to go down that path. I see yeah. where that path leads. Let me make another turn. So that's the so of the awesome. And then the last piece is maximum enjoyment. That's the me of awesome. And that is the portion for many of the, of the women that I work with in particular that becomes such, that is such a difficult one because for women, especially, we are, are really conditioned to put our joy last. So we have to make sure everyone else is okay. Does everyone eat? Does everyone have their things? Let's make sure all, let's, let me make sure I'm not stepping on toes. Let me make sure, let me make sure of everyone else. And then eventually I'll get to me. But that's not the way that we were crafted. We were crafted with this life so that we could have joy and pleasure and delight in addition to our serving and in addition to our shining. So how are we creating those places where we are allowing for our own sake to have something good in our life? That good might be a cup of tea. (laughs) It might be um, being on the ocean, like just sailing. It's just taking it all in. It might be like running cross country, which why would you do that? But okay, that's your thing. (laughs) I'm not going to judge. You know, whatever your thing is to bring that maximum enjoyment. And it's when you have the three of them together Mm. where you're honoring your amazing works of expression, where you are serving others and you're doing so with maximum enjoyment then you are encompassing and embracing your awesome because you are bringing the totality of who you are and how you were crafted into everything that you do. And so it becomes less about what you do and more about who you are in the places that you are, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's so good. It's so good. You know, it's amazing what you said about, you know, the things that we go through, of course, it, it all has a purpose. And you know, none none of us wish the lady that gets sexually abused. She didn't wish that upon herself. The no. the the kid that it's in an abusive family, or you know, my kids losing their mother at a young age. None of that. None of nobody wished that upon themselves. No. You know, growing up in an abusive family, there was one thing that I always remember doing. 
we grew up in church. I always say my parents had a drug ministry. They drug us to church every time the doors were open. You know, it was yeah. four times a week out of a seven day work week. It's just like, it's like, why don't we just live at church? And sometimes my parents left us at church somehow, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember once. Sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> fall asleep under the pew. You know, where's Joseph at? Oh, we left him at church. You know, um, it, it happened more than once. Um, but you know, one thing that I remember doing that after my mom and dad would have an episode or even an episode that involved us arguing or fighting is I would go, or even it might've been somebody else in my family, might've been my mom at the time would turn on worship music. Okay. And then within, I don't know, a couple minutes, maybe even a little bit longer, the atmosphere changed. And I didn't realize this until later on in my life. And I'm like, we went from a chaotic environment to a peaceful environment. Okay, for us, it was by bringing in the presence of God. Okay, but what that really taught me is that no matter where I go, I have the ability that no matter what's going on in my life around me, I have the ability to change my atmosphere. Absolutely. You know, we can walk into work and everybody knows when the boss has had a bad weekend because they take it out (laughs) on you on Monday, you know, or Mm -hmm. everybody knows when you've had a bad week, you know, and walking in there and there's nothing like even, I think it was called Patch Adams. It was a movie with Robin Williams Mm -hmm. and he was basically doing the study of just smiling at people, you know, and how that Mm -hmm. changed the persona of what was going on. You you know, I Mm -hmm. mean, if the Bible says laughter does the body good like a medicine, what can a smile do? It can't hurt. You know, and yeah. so by us just sharing something with people, no matter what we're going through, and this is even not that you need my encouragement because you are, uh, you know, very, uh, you know, a talented speaker and, and you know, have, have done a lot of that. But by sharing our story, our sh- sharing our story does two things. One, it brings healing to us. The other thing is it brings healing to other people because no matter Everybody experiences pain to different degrees. I've had many people say, oh, Joseph, you know, I, I can't imagine losing your dad and your wife all in the same month. My, my story doesn't even compare. Well, I'm not comparing stories. I want to mm-hmm. hear your pain because you don't know all of my story, okay? But you, I also may not know how you went about going through the chaotic moments or the toxic or, you know, and I mean, especially as a coach, you know, I don't know what it's like to be sexually molested because I never was, but I have people to come to me. It's like, how do I get through this? You know, and by sharing and hearing different people's stories, it now allows us all to be able to not necessarily relate, but yet I can't, I don't know what you feel like, but I can empathize with you and like, okay, that's some serious pain. And I may not know what your pain has done to you, but I know what pain can do. Yes. You know, and that is the power of sharing your story. And so one, as a, as a, as a friend now, you know, I encourage you to share that story, but I encourage you to share it as a place of, this is not only a place that I went through, but it's a place that I learned from and it's a place that I can teach others, you know, Simon Sinek said this one time, he was, he was on a, a talk show and he only shared, it was like this 12 steps to whatever that he was teaching and, and he didn't, I didn't catch the first 11, but he said, when you're, 
when you're talking to an alcoholic, and this goes for anybody dealing with anything in life, okay? Somebody's dealing with depression, um, you know, uh, habits or addictions or whatever the case is. He said, we teach the 12th step. And he says, and if you can do steps one through 11, but if you don't do number 12, you'll always be an alcoholic. You'll always suffer with this stuff. You'll always suffer with the depression. You'll always suffer. And number 12 was, is finding someone to help. Mm-hmm. And basically we're saying an alcoholic needs to find another alcoholic to help. Because when we start to share and listen to when ultimately when we are trying to help somebody else, Jacqueline, we put ourselves aside. Absolutely. And that goes back to that serving others. Mm-hmm. Because when we do serve others, okay, because Jesus came to this earth to serve, you know, Absolutely. and when we truly take on that servant role, now one, we've put ourselves aside, but yet in the midst of serving others, what happens to us? We get blessed in the we process. Get yeah, we, get we get served, served in the serving. process. Yeah. We learn yeah, in the process. Absolutely. I don't know how many times I've been on a podcast. Yeah. I say something like, wow, man, that's good. I need to write that down myself. That's good for me. <laughs> exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so true. Yeah. Go ahead. I love you. I love you sharing that because that there, there are so many things. It's like, oh, let me just, <laughs> where's the plate? Let me put in money for the collection. This is so good. I, 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 I wanted to share exactly and reiterate what you were saying about how sharing our story is powerful because we don't know when what people are going through at the moment, yeah. let alone what they went through. There are, I'm sure, moments where everything looked perfectly fine for you. You're getting through the day. You're doing just fine. But you were just one hair away from like, if there's just one more thing, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. But somebody was there completely unaware, completely like unawares of it. They said just the thing that you needed to hear. They were present to you at just the right moment. And it spoke life to you because they were present and because they were present to you. You never told them. They never asked. No one knew. Everyone went on with their lives, but you were able to hold on that much more because they showed up authentically for you. That is the power of us embracing our awesome. That is how even, even as introverts, we can impact and influence and really change atmospheres as I love you phrasing it that way. Our presence and our depth, because our introversion allows us to observe and to see and to feel and to take in all of this, we are that person for many more people than we recognize for sure, where we are that presence and sharing our stories or merely being in the space, having someone that is that steady presence, someone who can speak to these aspects where they don't have to know anything, but they can see things in a different way and it changes everything for you. And it just, I mean, they're not doing anything special. Right. That's our lot as introverts. That is why it is so important that we not try to diminish who we are or try to pretend to be someone else because the way that we are crafted and the gifts that come with introversion allows us to be that presence that is influencing and is speaking to and is helping someone merely by us being there and being ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so powerful, you know, and it's... When it comes to embracing ourselves, you know, the 
we, we beat ourselves up because we ultimately, society has taught us to pay attention to what everybody else is doing around us. You know, mm-hmm. being like the Joneses or, hey, my neighbor got this, so I need to go get that. And even though we may not do it physically, we still think about it. Oh, we yeah. still think about oh, it. Oh, comparisonitis. You know, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Is It comes from fashion and clothing to how we cut our hair, to what kind of shoes we wear, to what kind of car we drive. We do it and we do it unbeknownst to ourselves. But the thing about our story that's so powerful or that can really be uh, inhibiting to begin with is we compare ourselves that my story is not as impactful as somebody else's Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. nobody i'm the only one going through this Mm -hmm. you know and it's 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 a it's i'm just going to tell everybody it's a lie it's an absolute lie to believe that you're the only one going through something and nobody else is going to relate to it now and I'll, I'll tell you this, we, 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 we have a world of 7.2 billion people, I think it is in this nation or in this you know, mm-hmm. universe, this world, um, this planet. And you know, to sit there and think, okay, my father died January the 5th of 2019, and then my, my wife died 22 days later, okay? Mm-hmm. What, are, what are the chances of me meeting somebody that those same exact things pretty much happen? I can sit there and say, yeah, Okay, I, I doubt you're going to find... Jacqueline, you know a lot of people. You've been speaking around the world since you were young. I doubt you're going to find anybody, you know? But before I ever let that creep in, I'm like, my pain is... is It's my pain, but pain is still pain no matter what. Mm-hmm. And what's so crazy is before... I, I, I never allowed... I never compared my pain. I was always open to other people's pain. But what's so crazy, and the reason why I'm sharing this is... There are many people in the world going through the exact same thing that you're going through. And you're like, Joseph, that's just no way possible. It can't be exact. Well, here's a testimony to that. A gentleman at a church that I go to, okay? I've only been going to the church for a little over a year now, all right? I kept on hearing him talk, and he's one of the pastors. And somebody told me, he's like, yeah, he's got a similar story to you. And I'm like, okay, you know, his wife passed away, and, you know, he's looking for, you know, you know, Uh, moving on in life. Well, when I finally got to meet him, I started to share my story. And he's like, Joseph, he says, my mom and wife passed away in the same exact month. And I'm like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. I said, dude, I'm like, we're we're kin now. (laughs) We're we're brothers now, brother. There ain't no, there ain't no. And that's the power of knowing and understanding that there are other people going through the same exact thing as you are, whether it's neglect, abandonment. And I mean, you think about men are great at just hiding emotions. We've been taught since we were kids, don't cry. You're, you're only going to cry if you're, if you're bleeding and dying and you're on your way to the hospital. That's what I was taught, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But then I, had a, I was in church one day and a minister said, Joseph, he says, brokenness on earth is openness in heaven. Mm-hmm. And I just let it flow. I just cried like yeah. a big old baby. It's nothing for me to cry. I don't care, yeah. you know, because I'm like, if it lets out whatever it needs to get in, out of it inside of me, let it out. I don't care mm-hmm. if a man's looking at me or a woman's looking at me. I don't care because ultimately is there are times we just have to let things out. And by telling our story, knowing and understanding that you are not alone and sharing your story is just another true level of embracing, like you're saying, Jacqueline, is embracing your awesomeness because inside 
trauma, trauma suppresses things. Trauma mm-hmm. suppresses the emotions to the point that now when, when, when trauma is no longer considered trauma, if we're not healed from it, it becomes shame. Absolutely. And we get to the point of shame. Everything around us affects us. You know, it's not just trauma-related incidents. It's everything because we start shaming ourselves in how we look, how we smell, how we act, how we work, how we talk to others. It's just one thing after another after another. But what what can bring healing and allow people to embrace that awesomeness is by sharing the story. And here's the thing. This is just something that just came to me right now is everyone's story, regardless of what it entails, is an awesome story. Absolutely. And if you look at it as, you know what, my story's awesome. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was raped or I was victimized or I was neglected. Listen, I was... (laughs) I make a joke that I was, I was, I was beat the moment I woke up. So my dad makes sure he, he had it covered for the day, you know, cause that's yeah. how it felt sometimes. I mean, when I say yeah. I was hit with everything under the moon, I, I mean, it, it happened, you know, there's no exaggeration around that, but yet I'm like, I dealt with the rejection and the abandonment and, and looking for, you know, approval and all those things. And yet my story is awesome. And why is it awesome? Because now I get to share that to help other people heal but yet, who's ultimately being healed in the process? I am. And that's why my story's Absolutely. awesome. And that's Absolutely. why I'm awesome. That's why you guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I just, yes, yes, and yes. I mean, that's oh, what you're saying. It is so, I, I hope as you're listening, you are letting this seep down deep yeah. because what Joseph just shared is so powerful. It's, it's easy to overlook the power of that. Yeah. The fact that your story is being shared and the fact that you have a story to share is what makes it awesome. Yeah. It's the fact that you, you, that thing did not surely kill you. Right. You did not die. It may have been just barely, but you made it. That's it. You are here. And not only are you here and you made it through, you have the capacity to share what it is to be on the other side. You didn't just survive it and now can't do anything with it. You are able to share that. You are able to speak it, to communicate it so that someone else is healed as you are healing. That is what makes it awesome. It's yeah. not awesome because it's the saddest story around. It's not awesome because it's the flashiest story around. It is awesome because you made it through and you are able to yeah. share it. Yeah. That is what makes it awesome. I hope that that seeps in deep. Oh Absolutely. my gosh, you just healed so many people. <laughs> ja- Jacqueline, you know, for, for somebody that can come from an aspect of they're hurt, they've gone through whatever it may be in life, and they're just scared to death to get to to share their story. How can they, just a small incremental step, what would be something that you can encourage them to do? Maybe if it's just even within their self that they can share their story, but yet they're they're, they're scared to death of it, 
They're not there to publicly speak out on social media. How can they find a way to share their story and build confidence to the point of getting it out there or maybe just go through their own healing? I would say the the very first thing is to make sure whatever you're sharing, you have recovered enough that you are not re-traumatizing yourself Mm. and that you're not using other people for therapy because your story is not meant to be either of those things. When you are sharing your story, it may empower other people. It may help other people. It's certainly going to help you, but they are not your therapist to work out your emotions. You are sharing that story from a place of service. And also, if you are not in a place where you have recovered enough from it, you will simply open up an unhealed wound and you will be bleeding all over everyone with Mm. your story. That is not helping. That is not helping you and it's not helping them. So if you are in a place where it's still tender, it's still sore, you still can't quite move. Your arm was, was wrecked. You can move it a little, but not quite. That's not the story to share. There may be another story that you can share. There may be another lesson that you can share instead, but start with something that you have made it over enough, not saying that you're completely healed, but you've made it over enough that you're not going to use someone else's therapy and you're not going to re-traumatize yourself. That's like, that's like that's the, the start and end of it all. That's good. From that place, you can then pull out the threads that are most important. All of the story doesn't need to be told. Yeah. You just need to pull out the piece that's going to be of service. And that, and for, I'll use myself as an example, my experiences with, with domestic abuse and child abuse, I don't mind sharing that story, Yeah. but I, I wasn't comfortable with sharing it like all over social media. Like I'm going to post right. about this. Like if we're having a conversation, fine. If I'm talking to a group, okay. All right. I'm healed enough for that. Yeah. I'm not plastering this everywhere. Like right. I'm, I'm not going to do that. Right. And even for making those incremental steps, it wasn't about the situation. It's what is the lesson that came from that? Yeah. What was I able to take away and make abuse? So don't, don't share a story that you're not healed enough from. And when you are sharing it, share the takeaway from it. Then you can add on the actual trauma as need be for sharing that. That's good. That's good. Would you encourage people to write this, to to voice record it, to record a video of them sharing, just to kind of get it out of their own system in a healthy way that is, you know, that's just not bringing back up the trauma, that's not using somebody as a therapist. What would be your take on that? I, I'm one of those people where modality matters, but it doesn't really matter. Okay. So if you're someone who prefers to write, you're not going to do a voice note. Right. <laughs> it's going to be a no benefit <laughs> to you. Like I'm not going to journal about it because that's just, I love writing. I'm not going to journal, but I will like talk it out amongst myself. I yeah. will talk it out in my mind or verbalize it first. And then from there, seeing how I'm feeling about it. If yeah. it's triggering up all of these emotions, that's not the one. It's yeah. I, I can't share that. Yeah. I might point to it, but I can't share that. And so it may be the mode that is most supportive for you. If you are a writing person, journal it. 
If you're someone who likes to doodle where you need it visual, make a doodle of it, like make a painting of it even. Do the mode that is most helpful for you to initially share it. And just like you said, to kind of get it out because when you first share it, it is going to be very raw and it's going to be too much because you haven't shared it. I mean, like a a gazelle doesn't start off running. A gazelle starts off all wobbly legs and like falling apart and like trying to figure it out. But then, I mean, they get it (laughs) and then they can run, but they don't start off that way. Same thing when you're sharing your story. That's good. I really like the fact that I've never looked at it that way about you know, not sharing it to the point that it traumatizes you even more, that it brings more uh, trauma to you because of the healing hasn't taken place, you know, and um, that can be very, you know, I remember when I first started talking about some things with my wife, there were certain things that was very, very hard for me to talk about. And I would kind of divert to other things, you know, and then just as I diverted to other things, I allowed myself to be healed from those areas to the point that I was able to talk about it more. And so that's that's a very key point because the last thing that we want to do to our listeners out there is, you know, uh, have you go through more issues or more pain. We're, we're helping you find a purpose through the pain and helping you embrace and, and, and find your awesomeness, embrace your awesomeness, because your awesomeness is already in you. It's just a matter of what I call flipping the script. You know, it's mm-hmm. flipping that of what, how you view yourself, how you view your pain, how you have gone through the things and understand that, yeah, you may not know it now that there was a purpose and a reason for it. I didn't realize that when my wife was going through a battle of cancer at the age of 36, that it would touch thousands of people's life through my message of sharing our journey. You know, we had no idea. In the midst of going through it, it was a very painful process, you know. Yeah. But as you hear, as the story begins to get told in little small pieces, and you hear testimony after testimony after testimony, people's lives being changed, you're like, oh my God, this was worth it. This was the purpose behind it, you know. Yeah. So... Well, woman, you are awesome. I'm just, I, I'm just thrilled to death that you've <laughs> that you've been on here. Tell me, tell me, is what is a great way that if because you're coaching, you're coaching people. Yes, I am. If someone is interested in being coached by you, what is the best way for them to reach out to you? The best way is to go to iembraceawesome.com. That is my home base. So if you want to get tools for navigating and leveraging your introversion, you want to work together, you want to have an actual chat, because I do talk to people, introverts that talks to people, oh my. Um, If you want to connect in that way, iembraceawesome.com is the place to go. Now tell me, tell our, tell our listeners about your coaching. What, what exactly do you help with? What can they expect out of you and why, why do you want them to come to you? Well, the basis of everything that I do is embracing your awesome. So we look at all of the ways that we can take your vision that's in your head, this amazing you that's in your head that hasn't come out to reality. I'm the one who works with you to put together a strategy and to articulate what that is. And then I guide you through the process so that it comes to light. So you get seen, heard, and respected. Wow. Wow. And and when you say seen, heard, and respected, to what scale? 
it starts with you. Yeah. And the, the biggest challenge is when you're not allowing yourself to be seen, when you are not listening to you, you lose, you lose credibility with yourself, Ooh. you lose respect with yourself. So how can you respect and be respectful if you're not even that to yourself? So everything that I do starts with you being seen by you, you being heard by you, you being respected by you. Once you are doing these things for you, and for the sake of you, now you have that overflow. We always talk about pouring from your overflow. Now you have that saucer that's full. Your cup is full because you are honoring you. Now you have this saucer that you can pour around for everyone else. That's good. I have never looked at it that way in terms of, you know, um, yourself. Everything being the seen, the heard, the respected for you, listening to yourself, because we always tend to focus on everybody else. So easy. Oh, it's so easy to focus on everyone else. It's not fun to look at yourself and listen to what you have to say. Like your intuition, your guidance, you know, God talking to you. Like, I don't want to listen to that. Put down the cake. That's garbage talk. That's not of the Lord. The Lord it, wants me to have that gift. It's so it's it's so easy to coach other people. Then we're like, I got to coach myself too. I'm like, no, I just that's that's great stuff that you say, Joseph. But you're not even listening to your own self. I, I love that. I love yeah. that. Wow, Jacqueline. Besides your website, is is that the best way to reach you? Is there an email or even an Instagram that people can just shoot you a, a message or? is the, um, the website the best way? The website is the best way, but you can find me on practically any platform at J.K. Shawless. So if it's J.K. Shawless anywhere, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, see the, you'll see the picture with a big smile and big hair. It's me. <laughs> and listen, people, it is such a joy and honor. I wish you guys can see this video because you're like, man, I want to be there in the room with you guys. And that's how it feels with each other. From the moment that we got on, yeah. we're just like all smiles. I'm like, man, I wish I could smile that big. I'm like... <laughs> It's oh all my goodness. fun and it's all love. Yes, yes, yes. Miss Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining the show. We're truly honored. Guys, do not hesitate to reach out to Miss Jacqueline and learn how to embrace your awesomeness because in a world that's filled with so much chaos and so much turmoil and so much hate, we need more love. We need people to stand up for who they truly are, introvert or extrovert, right or left, it doesn't matter but truly stand up for who they are and embrace what God has given you as the gifts and talents that is in you and for them to come out for this world because there is somebody out there that needs to hear your story. Ms. Jacqueline, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was so much fun. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to finding true freedom and breakthrough.